What did we just watch, Amy? We are freestyle love supreme. We are? Isn't yeah. So we are style freestyle. No, we're five degrees between uh, us. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. 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 Jokes. Oh, I'm too tired for jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the documentary entitled "We Are Freestyle Love Supreme." Oh yeah. On Hulu, a yes. Hulu original. Yeah, I actually think it's important that the movie is called "We Are Freestyle Love Supreme." Um. I was thinking about, like, titles and what my expectations were of this documentary versus what it actually ended up being. And where I think some of my disappointment comes from. But what did you think of it? Okay. Um. Oh, gosh, I didn't think of that before we started this podcast. I'm sorry, I just thought of that now. <laughs> I literally, that just came up while I was in the I bathroom. wasn't thinking of a value judgment at all. Uh, I think it was a very straightforward, I don't feel like I learned anything new or deep or amazing. Yeah. It's just like an hour and a half of, hey, these this is a cool thing. These seem like pretty cool people. I mean, obviously, they're also like super talented. That's yeah. also coming across. But um, I, I got most of it from the trailer. Right? Like, that's kind of where I was at. Was hour like, and a half movie. Or this is, yeah, movie. an hour and a half of Thing Exist. <laughs> thing Exist. This is their journey. This is how each person kind of con- contributes and exists within the group. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you call your document like, we are this thing, and then you are that thing, I feel like you have done what you promised. Yeah. Yeah. I, but... It's going to be a great introduction for a lot of folks because I think we come to the table knowing a lot of these things already. I don't know. No. Well, so no, I think of we like, do come to the table knowing like a lot of things. How theater works. I think this and, movie doesn't do a good job of showing us oh, how any okay, of them work. So okay. I don't think it's a good introduction because if you don't know like how an improv game works. Oh, that's true. None of that makes any sense. Well, because I thought one of the interesting... I came into this thinking more of rap battle. Mm-hmm. Um, I had... I think I'd watched one or two videos on, like, from one of the late night shows yeah. of them and the improv. And to me, this documentary really helped me see it's really kind of improv first. Yes. Like, it's improv using freestyle as the freestyle medium. Freestyle is, is the medium. Yeah. Um. Which I'll come back to. but So that was interesting, that it was like improv mm-hmm. first. So something that I didn't know. But yeah, oh, it doesn't talk about um, the structure of improv or how improv does not is not synonymous with like comedy. Yeah. It does not have to be comedic. Um, yeah, that's the cat rubbing on the microphone, if you hear that. By the I way. guess I was just feeling in a lot of, lot of um, blanks. Or a timeline of, like, how long a Broadway show takes to develop and how how much of it takes part in someone's very tiny living room. Yeah. In their New York apartment. Yeah, those are things that I years. think we know that I don't think the the movie bothers to tell that you us. You don't just wake up in the Richard Rogers Theater. Yeah. Uh, in the Heights doesn't just happen. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a long, it's a long process that you don't know how it's going to turn out, if it's going to be any good, if it's ever going to come to full fruition. Mm -hmm. There's so many, so many doubts. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of filling in the gaps, we should say Freestyle Love Supreme is a documentary about the, or we are Free Lo- Freestyle Love Supreme is a documentary about the group slash performance slash off-Broadway run of a show that really got famous, I think, because of Hamilton, which is that Lin-Manuel Miranda was in this improv freestyle group for many years, and then he became uber-famous, mm-hmm. and people were like, well, let's bring this back. Um, one thing I did learn was how much other people involved in the sort of Miranda-verse of In the Heights yeah. and Hamilton. Hamilton. I didn't realize that Chris Jackson was in um, In the Heights. Yeah, I didn't remember that. Yeah, he played Benny, which is a pretty significant role Mm -hmm. in that musical. I had no idea. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, And they both came out of, so to speak, Freestyle of Supreme. Um, Although I think this documentary also has the... I I thought of a good analogy. Um, The bowling ball and the trampoline of Hamilton, which is that Hamilton exists and this whole documentary is warped by it. (laughs) Mm. Is that because the bowling ball pulls the trampoline? Yeah, everything down? everything rolls towards the trampoline. Oh, okay. On a bowling, on okay. If you put a bowling ball on the trampoline, everything rolls towards that. And I feel like Hamilton existing is the reason this documentary exists. Yes, and why Freestyle of Supreme got an off Broadway and eventually a Broadway mm-hmm. run here in the last year. Yeah, um, and I and so I think I wish I wish the movie had done anything else (laughs) other than sort of like be a thing that's Hamilton adjacent now you know more about it if you're a Hamil fan well it's a thing that's interesting like I think people find Freestyle of Supreme Mm -hmm. interesting Um, I mean they have made the late show circuit so Mm -hmm. people who watch late show or catch YouTube videos they're um, going around and so it's an interesting introduction to it giving a little background and so for folks who just kind of want to know a little bit more about mm-hmm. who these people are and what their origins are, then you get a little of that. Then you get that. Yeah. Um, I would say the basic structure of it seems to be pretty linear. Yeah. You're kind of starting at the beginning and how everybody met and what they did in the first couple of years. And um, there's a significant amount of time given into each individual member who's, uh, if not founding, but pr- core, but core members. Yeah, the core members. Um, and it's kind of. I think it's basically been the same core members until maybe that off Broadway and the Broadway performance added a few. Yes, I think that's what happened. Like they well. don't have David Diggs on. Yeah, as an, and they had a list of like the performers that could be in one of the shows, mm-hmm. and it was a lot longer than I yes. expected. A lot of those folks were not. Um, featured. featured in the documentary. Yeah. So, um, and yeah. So then it kind of takes, In the Heights kind of happens, and then Hamilton yeah. is fully yeah. formed. In the Heights, which is a pretty successful Broadway show in and of itself. Yeah. Like, it won the Tony for Best Musical the year it came out. Like, it's still a big deal. Um, not to the world-shattering sort of level that Hamilton was, but... Yeah, well, when In the Heights came out, like, it did feel like a world-shattering... Yes! To me, at least. Oh, absolutely. Watching all the awards it got and all the praise, and 
Um, like like we've mm-hmm. said in talking about Hamilton, we feel like people forget in the Heights. Yeah, then. <laughs> which is unfortunate. Which was not like his his first show, baby's like first he was show. Trying real hard. No, it's like no. In the Heights is an amazing He's piece a of theater. Fully formed. <laughs> um, yeah. Huge. Yeah, I'm real excited about the movie about that, which I've, I've mentioned again. Now we're talking yeah. about Hamilton and In the Heights again, because that literally warps everything around Lynn and Bill Miranda. Like, well, yeah, and I think this is very Miranda forward in the documentary. Yeah. Um, he was early on in, in like, the founding mm-hmm. sort of group. Um, yeah. So that's where it's at. So I want to meet it where it's at. Okay. I think I picked this today out of the five or so movies mm-hmm. uh, that you gave me because I'm really interested in stories about people flail- flailing, floundering <laughs> with their creative <laughs> projects, like and just trying to figure their stuff out. I get that, and like being, you know, first drafts. It's so you doesn't land at Hamilton in yeah. the Richard Rogers Theater, not even the public, but like <laughs> on Broadway. Like that is not. That is not how the creative process goes. So mm-hmm. I'm I've been interested in, in seeing the stories of people starting out and that uh, what I think is so hard I think of as a historian also of this to picture the uncertainty someone had when they started a project because mm-hmm. you have no idea what success is. But when you are in the present looking back at it, we apply this like great man narrative yes Which and I, I say great man very intentionally intentionally because <laughs> um that's something that a lot of people have to try to subvert in in yeah. writing history i do think this documentary had a had a huge amount of that hanging over it of like well of course this was gonna make it like they weren't saying that um but you couldn't watch it without knowing well, they how don't successful spend too much time in the beginning i mean how fortunate that they had this documentarian recording them in edinburgh in yeah. 2005 like, like that's cool um i i don't know i wondered if it was there's a documentary on in the heights i remember watching i think he worked on that so also. i wonder if this was footage that he was like simultaneously going with them mm-hmm. uh following miranda uh as just getting all because you get all the footage and then yeah. you edit it and you figure it out later um, I will. Um, I will say. I looked up the director. Um, he's best known for directing and being an executive producer on uh, Chef's Table, which clicked a lot of things for me in the production of this as well. Yeah, Chef's Table doesn't go very deep yeah. into chefs. They're like amazing food. They think Look out of the it. box. Yeah. Chef, Chef's Table is um, not my favorite documentary series by a long shot. <laughs> oh, but it's beautiful. It is beautifully shot. It is. It makes it everything you're like, oh, thing. I just want to try. Absolutely. It's not what I'm interested in. <laughs> I, 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 I get... I like my documentaries to have story. <laughs> yes. Well, and Chef's Table, as I only watched the first season, was very man much... This man was not understood, and so he had to turn his back to the real world and his family and his friends so that he could make great food. Which is... It's a little boring. It is a little boring. (laughs) And it ties into this, like, the genius Mm -hmm. must be alone and tortured. 
Which I think is interesting in comparison to something like uh, this, which is that the movie does try to sort of highlight many of the people involved in it. And so we do get, like, some talk about Anthony and, like, what he does. Mm -hmm. And some talk about, like, their different sort of specialties or Arthur the Genius who and sort of his singing. Um, and, but it also feels like... I don't know, I'm well. At least we have more questions. Like, what do they do in real life? Because we know yeah. what happens to like Christopher Jackson, Miranda, mm-hmm. a lot of the other folks. We we have yeah. even if they don't mention it, we know. Yeah. Like they have TV, film, stage careers. Yes. And so, what do these other folks do when they're not mm-hmm. like doing these shows every every once in a while? That was one of my yeah. I, my yeah, I was that really led interested me to... in that, that, that it just wasn't interested in answering. Right. That's not, it wasn't the intention. Um, yeah. I'm interested in the early years and getting that kind of history. Mm-hmm. Um, more, well, that that's the historian in me. Like, I want yeah. to <laughs> know the history of everything. I want to know the history of everything. Another question I had, uh, is, is they not going to play up that and maybe it was too close to when they needed to, like, finish yeah. this film. But that drama bookshop that they started, I didn't know that. And then all of a sudden it clicked into place why Miranda and that group of people would try to buy it yeah. when it closed. Because the rents got too mm-hmm. high. Um, and so, like, I wanted to know more about that connection. Because I just thought it was like, oh, they understand that this is a New York staple that is, like, <laughs> closing down. It's super important to the theater community, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do a good thing. Yeah, my guess is that just happened too late in production that they couldn't That's fair. make much of it. That's fair. That, yeah. that happens. That happens. Um, so you can't. You can't foresee those things. Yeah, no. That's well. It's it's all about where you end the movie, uh, mm-hmm. where do you end the story? Which is, I thought was interesting. To he- hearing Miranda quote uh, Orson Welles, um, if you want a happy ending, you got to decide where to end the story. Um, which is which is what they did. <laughs> well, and one of the interesting things he says at the beginning is like this was not a linear journey. Life is not linear, mm-hmm. but then the structure and content kind of matches a linear journey. Yeah, the documentary very much kind does. of like. <laughs> Brushing away, yeah, they took a couple years off, but blah, 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 Uh and forward progression. Yeah, yeah, the documentary was very much forward progression, which is funny considering, yeah, the the text of the story didn't match that as much. Um, Which just gets me thinking into, like, the structure of documentaries in general, um, which are hard. It's hard to make a documentary. I know that. I think, yeah. Because you don't get to pick what your movie's about, necessarily. Right, you're getting all this footage and interviews, yeah. and then putting it together. But I think with with these historical look-back documentaries, um, of which Hulu's made a bunch. They made this one, they made one on, um, I think Hulu, Hulu produced it. The one on Merrily We Will Roll Along, the Sondheim musical. Um, what was the name of the The Best Worst Thing That Ever Happened, um, which... Was I look back on this failed Sondheim musical, mm-hmm. uh, the one on the Dana Carvey show. They did one on that yeah. about this, you know, failed before its time comedy series. And they all feel very similar, even though they come from different places of like, here's a bunch of archive footage, here's a bunch of talking heads, 
story? Well, yes. We should point out, you have not watched either of those documentaries. Yes, I have. Oh, you watched both of them? I've watched both of oh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm pulling from. Oh, okay. I've watched Best Worst Thing. I've watched the Dana Carvey documentary. Okay. And I walked away from both of those feeling kind of like I do now, which is... Well, okay. I mean, I feel like it's it's missing a historiographical yes. lens. Yes. Which is how you tell the story of history. Yeah. Um, which is a lot more interesting and can make you think in a lot more ways as a viewer. It mm-hmm. complicates things. You see nuance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may find things that like contradict what the talking heads say. Mm-hmm. Either because not usually because they're lying, but they're just like. There's different perspectives on everything. Well, there's different perspectives, and if you're asking about something that happened 20 years ago, yeah. you're not going to remember it mm-hmm. the same way as, you know, the primary document that was yeah. made that day. Like, <laughs> from the journal entry from um, that day, yeah. So. Yeah. And and I just, I want that out of my historical documentaries. Um as opposed to the sort of Ken Burnsian, and then this Everything happened. Everything and then this happened. happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and now it's fifty hours long, and you yeah. have the complete history. And that is everything that happened, which is not really history. It's, no, it's, it's like listing. the difference between plot and story. Yes, <laughs> that's plot with no story. Um, and and yeah, I want I want. To know, like, what is the arc here? What are, what are we trying to say with this documentary? And with We Are Free Style Love Supreme, I think they were trying to say, hey, we're hey, Free it's cool. Style Love Supreme. Everybody loves us. We did In it. New York. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, lots of people. Yeah, but it, it felt very much, and I think it was, produced by people very close to the source. The documentary? Yes. Yeah, which is like an ethical consideration. You don't want to like anger or paint your people in mm-hmm. problematic lights. Yeah. Not that there was anything to be angry or like negative, but we don't know. But we don't know. Um, There's nothing jumping out. Yeah. I mean, there was the the fight between uh, Thomas Tom, and Anthony. And, yeah. They had a fight over... Hamilton, I guess. I think they just grew apart as yeah. friendships do. That you know, um, it, that very, it very much felt like it came out of nowhere in the story of literally, and then this happened. Yeah. Well, and there's nothing negative in any of the relationships explored. Like, no. <laughs> uh, I mean, they too talk a little bit about UTK, like missing out on the Aaron. Mm-hmm. Role, um, yeah, but even then, but, it's been that in a very positive but it's light. It's been in a very positive, positive like, that's light. how I got clean. And clearly, he's had a successful career, yeah, yeah, he's he's not Cause, doing bad because I knew who he was before we, <laughs> he's doing okay. <laughs> um, before we, yeah, there's there's so much about the production of this show that I wish was in here rather than the end. This happened, and this happened. Well, one thing that I did appreciate is is part of the structural elements. Once we got through very beginning, mm-hmm. this is each person, and this is yeah. how they uh, are all integral and in, mm-hmm. in different ways. Was that they went through a, 
a few of the bits, like yes, the mic check. I like that. I wanted um, more of that. <laughs> the truth time. Yeah, right, don't mic think check. I think it's just called True. True. Um, Day in the Life. I think those were the biggest three that they talked about that I wrote down. It was Mic Check, True, Day in the Life. Although we didn't actually see Day in the Life get performed. No, we, we saw just the saw interviews. the person being asked well, about their day. Because the, the games, when we were getting introduced to them, were introduced through the lens of different performers. So True was through the lens mm-hmm. of Arthur the Genius. Mm-hmm. Day in the Life was through the lens of uh, Tony Two Touch. Um, so seeing that was interesting, but also I feel like they didn't... like being a bit of an improv comedy nerd or an improv nerd in general like i wanted to understand like okay how do those games work like what is the structure what are the rules and i want to know within? how they're developed like, yeah when, when did they come into play like that's that's interesting to me more than just we do this bit and here's why it's important yeah. to us well um, i think that's because you and i are in like um, process, oh, not not yeah. over oh, yeah. product, but we're a lot more interested <laughs> in the process. We are than the product, but we don't see a lot of the product either. Mm, no, well, now some of the questions that they have, I uh, wish they had talked about the different like hip hop styles. Yeah, if anyone specializes in any particular like genre mm-hmm. or time period, um, when they choose to sing versus when they choose to. Like, kind of freestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, those are... Those are great questions. I want to know those. I want to know... I want to know... Like, I would have loved to have hear Thomas Kale like, talk about what it means to direct an improv show. Yeah, I was really fascinated by one tiny clip from, what, 2005, mm-hmm. where he's directing them to freestyle, like, it's a ping pong game, and they yeah. don't have a ping pong ball, but they are at a ping pong table, and they are uh, swinging. Mm-hmm. And and their voices have to kind of match the, yeah. the swing and they're, that they're they are, making. They're they're giving back to each other. Like they're they're. Which like, is such a like yeah. I, I feel like yeah. You know, well, that's, that's a, it's a very that's really basic smart. That's a very. Yeah. It's also yeah. like it reminds me of a very basic theater game, which is throwing the invisible ball. Yeah, yeah. Which I've done all plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. And so because how it is very much applied? about being in the space and being reactive to your team and seeing what you can do and that sort of stuff, which I think is like integral to putting on a good improv show is you have to have a good director who is crafting those sorts of things right and people aren't people non-theater people aren't thinking of improv shows as having directors yeah you just show up you show up and say funny things right and you do funny things um and there are improv groups that are like i don't want to say that are like that to a certain extent i can think of like a lot of the two-person groups where they go on stage and just make up an entire story from scratch. Those are not directed in the in the sense that like Freestyle of the Supreme is, or uh, for an easy uh, easy choice, um, whose line is directed. All of those games are crafted, are designed around being funny in certain ways. Um, but even then, those like two creative people are using free or using freestyle improv techniques. Mm-hmm. And structural things to create the stories that they're telling. Um, they're maybe self-directed in that sort of sense. But it's... A lot of work goes into making things up on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> and we never see that work in this documentary, which made me sad. Because mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating. And if we do want to introduce the world to that, let's show them the work that goes into it. And Because 
a lot of the introductions, people are like, oh, he's a virtuoso. Oh, he comes up with an amazing raps. He's, you know, he's so good at this sort of stuff. And then, like, the question is, okay, how do we channel that into a stage show? What do we do with that? Um, UTK talking about, like, how I was always, he was always rapping about, like, how good he is. And Thomas Kale going, like, yeah, but it's funnier, it's more interesting if you can do that about a box of wheat thins. Mm-hmm. rather than just yourself and how do you direct that well because it's it's improv first yeah, it is it's improv first it's not the braggadocious rap battles right yeah but that's not the story they wanted to tell no it's not and i'm i can't be mad at it for being a story that i want not being a story i want um i just found the story they wanted to tell kind of boring and you you have more questions i do you i have do a lot have of more questions. questions um some things I didn't realize that it was going to be so white. I wrote that too. I was surprised by that. Oh, um, like they came out of Wesleyan. You know, Wesleyan. <laughs> uh, the core members are white, and mm-hmm. most of the members. Yeah, well, the creators, the other than um, Miranda, are white. Yeah, because it's it's Thomas Anthony and Lin Manuel. Although I think I can't tell because the documentary kind of glossed over this a little bit. It almost felt like. Manuel was not an actual creator. He he got he came in after Thomas and Anthony, Anthony. had this thing they were putting together. He was it, an yeah, early it, member. It did kind of sound like that. Um, but I think they want to say like it's this thing Lin Manuel Miranda created so that we can have you know your connection to connection this person you know and cachet and like that doesn't like him not creating it doesn't diminish the product in the way that I think they're afraid of. Um, but the fact that it's created by two white guys from Wesleyan that puts it into it. a real weird light. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, that's weird. Well, I have to sit I have to sit and think about it. Yeah. Generally, um I don't think it's great for white people to be in a hip hop freestyling. I, kind of space. I think it Not can necessi- be done. It but can be done. It has to be... It has to come from a place of authenticity, for whatever that means, rather than one of co-optitude. Yeah, well, and the, what I wrote down was like, you know, I don't think... I, I don't know if I'm just trying to reason my way out of it. Yeah. It feels less like appropriation and more like adaptation. Ooh. Yeah, that feels like you're trying to just reason your way out of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking a very black art form. Mm Mm-hmm. And and none of the... The core cast, the original core cast. um, Chris Jackson was the first black cast member. Yeah. Uh, And they're putting it into an improv space, which is already very Very white. white. And it's not doing, not coming from the place that freestyling comes from. Of, mm-hmm. like, Historically or culturally. Being braggadocious mm-hmm. or being, I mean, all to a point of yeah. like saying we matter. Yeah, like, well, it's funny. They touched on it a little bit. And I'm curious if the actual show gets into it more. That was the other show, the other uh, game they talked about. The Foundations of Freestyle is one of the games they perform. Mm-hmm. Um, where they have a guy come out and beatbox first, and they bring in an MC who starts rapping random words out of a bucket, which is the history of hip hop. Mm-hmm. 
because there's there's a really fascinating uh, graphic novel series called the Hip Hop Family Tree. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I know that. Where like he goes to the roots of hip hop, which started in disco clubs and dance breaks and songs, mm-hmm. and DJs learning that they could take two copies of the same record and extend a dance break for as long as they wanted mm-hmm. by by deftly switching between two copies of the same song and then they put on two different discs and that's where MCs came out of. They came out as literally as master of ceremonies and they started mm-hmm. talking over the dance breaks. And so like that sort of history of freestyling, which is the the core of hip hop was freestyling. It was it was later codified into things. But it also doesn't feel like these two guys who created Freestyle Love Supreme have any connection to that history. Yeah, you gotta, I've gotta be careful. I think in my mind, the easiest thing is to be like, just stay away from it, white people. But <laughs> it's not that simple. No. It's not that simple at all. Yeah. No, it, it was real white. It, that was that was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of wonder... If they would have had the early success that they did with things like Edinburgh Fringe, if they Which seems like a white. very white, oh yeah, um, demographic comedy festival. <laughs> well, and it makes me wonder who is showing up to shows. Yeah, um, they do have a lot of audience shots, and it's a fair amount of white mm-hmm. people. But there are there are people of color yeah. too. So who's it for? Mm-hmm. Um, Which I think is, is has often been a question of the works of Lin-Manuel Miranda to a certain extent. Yeah, and, and a line yeah. he's sort of been straddling because he is producing stuff on Broadway, which is a very white and rich audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't have any easy answer uh, on that right now. Although, you know what, the, the beatboxing, I think that was, was it Andrew Bancroft who does the beatboxing? Yes, maybe I think it was Andrew, yeah. How much that makes me think of um, radio sound effects. Oh, reading, yeah. Reading a lot of radio plays during yeah. quarantine. And that also made me think of a lot of what he was doing with mm-hmm. his voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, beatboxing is such an amazing skill. It is such a, a unique skill set that literally can be its own thing. Like there was, um, there was a season of America's Got Talent where one of the finalists was a beatboxer, um, and she was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is this is not a show for black audiences. I think it's gonna they're gonna say it's for everyone. Yeah, which is means white people. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Not necessarily no. no, I. <laughs> I and say- this this being. The documentary or the show, Freestyle of Supreme? The show. Okay. The show. Yeah. The show. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the ticket prices are or how hard I mean, the Broadway ones were probably not easy to get. Well, yeah. Back when they were um, at the Drama Bookshop, they were probably a little easier. Yeah. The other thing is not until the... Uh, that I can tell... Well, they don't go over this. There's no women. Yeah. Until Broadway... Broadway. Um, there may have been women in earlier iterations, we but they're not see any discussed. Of them. We never or, see them. Um, so that's. I mean, this is this is following in some tropes. Like, yeah, these really smart people and really talented people <laughs> do this really cool thing, and they bring in all their friends, and like that is the dream. You're all doing uh-huh. cool things together. Oh, and it turns out 
Most of your friends are white and men. Yeah. So that's just what ends up in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's, that's how I happens. saw that. Yeah. And that is, I think that's the story they were trying to tell. I don't think they realized what that looks like necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here's an interesting thing that I think the documentary did. Um, is that it has a lot of talking heads early on in the show, in the in the, the film, without making it clear who these people are yet. Who, who they are to the show. Yeah. Like, it has the name. Yeah, you see their name. Like, okay, that's, you know, Tommy Kale, or, I mean, obviously I know who Lin-Manuel Miranda is. But you get their sort of commentary before you understand who they are in context of the show, which is mm. an interesting choice, or a bad filmmaking thing. I can't decide yet. I'm, I'm not sure. Because <laughs> um, it's sort of like, I don't know you. I don't know why you're interesting to me. There's no mm-hmm. introduction of them. In some cases, until like two-thirds of the way through the film. I, I get the feeling that there's some expectation that you're familiar with this group. And have watched yeah, videos I of guess. them. Yeah. Or like, heard about them in... Which is where I was at. I'd heard of them. I'd heard of them. But I recognized recognized the Hamilton cast, really. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't realize Thomas Kale directed Hamilton. Like, and also in the Heights. Like, that was news to me. (laughs) You needed that little, the little director of X, Y, and Z. Don't just give me their stage name, which was cool. Um, I just keep thinking, um... Because I don't think I'd heard of Freestyle of Supreme except when in the last couple months with yeah. pandemic and uh, watching a clip of, with Jimmy Fallon interviewing mm-hmm. Lin Manuel Miranda and Jimmy Fallon is like, um, he's such a Lin Manuel Miranda. Fan. Oh yeah, that's like oh, not not even a little bit. Oh, but he was so and he's had him on a show a bunch of times mm-hmm. and Fallon talks about going to see his shows. Get out for a walk. Sorry and. Oh, there's a cat on a leash a outside. A leash. They're struggling. That's, it's hard. It's hard. They're struggling. Um, um, but Fallon is, and this is all over Zoom or whatever yeah. video conference. Fallon is just like continually amazed, amazed. Like, how do you do this? You just take an object and you make this whole rhyme and thing. And then he, <laughs> he's, he says, "We're going to make you do it," and I'm going to pull out an object and you you're going to switch. You have yeah. to switch to it. And you know that was all fun and everything. But in my head, I'm also like, Jimmy Fallon, you were on SNL. <laughs> like, you must have some improv experience in your life. Like, you know how this works. It's Yeah. Jimmy Fallon makes a real good audience surrogate. Yeah, I'm not sure he not has a, good a lot of, like... <laughs> not a good host. A real good audience. Sketch. Yeah. Um, experience, yeah. That, that's also what... <laughs> I just keep thinking of that interview yeah. with Jimmy Fallon. I'm thinking Fallon. Of breaking news with Jimmy Fallon would have been a real terrible choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's that was so much of his SNL career yeah. was just breaking character yeah. and laughing. And, and people loved it because it was funny. Um, but it was kind of like a one-trick pony, yeah. too. Yeah. Still riding that pony. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, like, like David Diggs was not mentioned at all in the entirety of the musical, or in the entirety of yeah, the documentary. Yeah, I don't know, when he came in, pre-Hamilton. Yeah. Wayne Brady's Hamilton. listed as a as a performer. Oh, that's cool. Um, which, 
I mean, I can absolutely see Wayne Brady fitting into this group. Yeah. he has a lot of musical talent, a lot of improv talent. Well, and there's a lot, like, of Who's Line games that are, here's a thing, sing a song in yeah. this style about it. Which Wayne Brady is very good at. Yeah. There were a couple I wanted to think about, like, things I liked from the documentary. Uh, I liked... They did a thing that, again, just because the director happened to have film of both, um, their first night walking to the stage in Edinburgh and their first night walking to their stage in their off-Broadway show and, like, showing the parallels of that was a nice moment. Felt really good. Um, was was more of a mosaic than I think the rest of the film really was. And then they repeat that again um, at the end with the Broadway opening when you when you see them first lining up for that. Yeah. I I think I think the summary here is interesting if you really don't know much at all about free, freestyle love supreme. Mm-hmm. Not a strong documentary. No. Speaking of uh documentary structure and, and the genre of it. Yeah. Um, is this our first documentary we've recorded a podcast for? No idea. Okay. I don't know. I gotta look at our, our podcast yes. history. Perhaps. Perhaps not. Um, yeah. But outside of, hey, this is an interesting thing, and content-wise, that's about as far yeah. as it goes. It, yeah. I think, I think the best documentaries stand alone as good pieces of film. Mm-hmm. Rather than like... You need a lot of context to kind of get this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the best... The best pod... You're not bad... I'm looking at our podcast website. The, the best documentaries, I'm thinking of stuff like... Uh, oh, Gimme Shelter is a real good example of one off my shelf. The one about the Altamita free concert from the Rolling Stones where a guy got stabbed. Mm-hmm. Like, that's good. And I don't even like the Rolling Stones particularly or... Other things. Well, I think I think that a documentary just has to be so hard because you don't know what you're gonna get. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's not like you didn't do the research beforehand sure. and like prepped and things, but you don't. What if you do get a bunch of dud interviews yeah. and <laughs> the footage of the thing that they're doing isn't? I mean, it if, wasn't you're, a... uh, if you're Michael Moore, you just make up the rest, but. But for all you regular documentary... <laughs> yeah, this is our first documentary. Other than, I guess, uh, Twilight Los Angeles. Kind of a documentary. Oh, well, documentary theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like documentaries. I like good documentaries a lot. Well, and I bet... I bet I'm wrong, too. I bet documentaries know a lot more than I think they do going into the yeah. field I, it depends it depends, depends on the, on the project yeah. it depends on the people involved like everyone involved in this knew everything about freestyle love supreme when they started filming i'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah but it, at some point there has to be a mix of like the level of research of a ken burns thing mm-hmm. and something like this yeah there needs well that's some, that's when you get into i think between. um oh what's the guy's the director um Uh, Frederick Wiseman is a documentary filmmaker who's been making films since the 60s, um, who is the, some would say like the pinnacle of Cinema Verte documentaries, 
where he literally like will go to a place and start filming and has no idea what's going to happen. Um, he did one uh, that I watched not too long ago uh, that was in the 80s in Neiman Marcus in Dallas, like the big Neiman Marcus store. And the documentary thing was called mm-hmm. The Store. And, it's, and he literally just goes in with cameras and films thousands of hours of footage and then puts together a story from that. Well, and there's a very sec- a very important uh, role to discuss in documentary making, and that's the editor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because yes. the editor the editor always has a lot more control than we give them credit mm-hmm. for in film, but I feel like especially in documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where the film is made. They're the ones the telling the story. Yeah. That's out because there's no script mm-hmm. or storyboard to go back to. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think in a lot of times... A lot of the documentaries out there are directed and edited by the same person. I think a lot of the best. I, I say that I don't actually know that off the top of my head, but um, I know Kevin Smith edits all of his films, which honestly, in my mind, puts him closer to an auteur status than someone like uh, Tarantino. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't know where my thoughts fall on editing and directing. Um. I think they're both important, but I think. Uh, well, yeah, if you're writing, editing, and directing, and acting, mm-hmm. then you're, yeah, that's, that's going to not tour. That's, that is sort of the idea behind the auteur, is that sort of ultimate creative control. Yeah, Tarantino's had a handful of different directors work on his stuff. And now he's, he's still Editors? shooting it. Editors, yeah. I said you said the other word. I said the other word. Um, I feel like we're wandering a bit. But Ooh. what? what? Us? You. <laughs> wow! How weird. Uh, anything else you want to say? about Well, that often it happens when we don't have much to say yeah, about the movie itself. It does. Um, uh, yeah, no. I, I did that... think I, one other thing I wanted to mention. I thought it was funny um, that we had like what I consider like the quintessential documentary shot, which is a guy being interviewed in front of a mixing board so you know that he does mixing board stuff. Well, but yeah, but they never... Like, I was like, what does he do for a living? He's he's a uh, composer, an orchestrator. He orchestrated In the Heights and Hamilton. Broadway. Because one of them said, like, <laughs> these are the movers and shakers in American theater now. And yeah. I was like, okay. But how? I know f- how that functions for Thomas Kahn and Manuel yeah. Miranda. But what about everybody yeah, like, else? Like Bill, I think his name was the the guy who he plays the piano in the show, yeah. alongside um, Arthur. Uh, yeah, orchestrated Hamilton and In the Heights. That's kind of a big deal if you know musicals. Like orchestrations are huge. Like again, I think orchestrations are the editors of Broadway. gonna have to think about that metaphor i think that they take the the raw footage of a score and create the unique sound of the show now again playwrights and you know miranda and you know the sondheims have a lot of control over that but the actual orchestration is a is a very i think oft overlooked Part it is oft of overlooked. Musical. I think it might be underselling it to compare it to an editor. 
I'll give you that. I'll give you. I'll give you that it's underselling. Like, it. There doesn't have to be a direct correlation there. No, I'll give you. I'll give you that orchestrations are even less. I'm underselling it with that analogy because <laughs> I think that's a huge. Like a good orchestration is unparalleled. Like you listen to the Hamilton album, and the orchestration is everything. But yeah. Yeah, that's all I have. I thought it was funny that we had the shot of him in front of a mixing board, because you have to. <laughs> but no idea. No what... idea who he is. I, I know that because I looked him up later, or while we were watching the movie. Any other thoughts? Uh, maybe look everybody up on Wikipedia first, and then watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you know who Just so you get a little, little context. context. Uh, other than that. I don't have anything else. Okay, uh, I, I wrote it down in my notebook this time to remember to mention our Patreon. We have a Patreon because I don't ever remember to to say it. So yeah, we have a That's Patreon. Right. If you like our podcast, you can support us by going to patreon.com slash five degrees. Uh, if you support us, you get secrets like the movies we didn't pick, and uh, I edit the this audio even less. <laughs> For our Patreon backers. <laughs> the unedited version. <laughs> yeah. The 10 seconds after I turn the mic on and after we stop recording, uh, you get that unedited raw footage version. I still do some leveling on it because I do. But yeah, you know, so you can hear the secret jokes we say to our cat after this show. Um, but mostly if you support us on Patreon, it's just because you like what we do and we want to keep keep helping us make it. That's We, we don't have lots of extra special things. Uh, I should mention we're a per-episode Patreon, so every time we put out an episode, you have to give us a dollar, or whatever your pledge was, as opposed to per month, which lots of patrons Patreons run on. Hmm. Per month gets you more like consistent income for planning and budgeting if you are you know, an actual business. Um, per episode, I think, is funner. Know you never know when it's going to get one. And you can put a monthly cap if you don't want to give us more than $100 a month or whatever and we put out 100 episodes. You can say no. $5. <laughs> if you feel like it. That's fair. Yeah, we so support us on Patreon if you feel like it. Okay, um, mostly just to support us continuing to make this because that's what patronage is. Yes. It's you give us money and we keep making things. Yes. Yes. Cool. Did I shill appropriately? Did that, yes. Did that work? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, say goodnight, yes. Amy. Good night. Amy.